When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the latest Irish Illustrated Insider Recruiting Extra podcast. Pete Sampson joined, as always, by Kevin Sinclair, and now joined by Tom Loy. Uh, so we've got a three-man booth here. And out of the gates, guys, I think we're about, at the time of recording, about two and a half hours away from Jordan Porter's decision, whether it be Notre Dame, Arizona State, a wild card potentially. I think all three of us feel fairly good about Notre Dame's chances. And, and Tom, I want to start with you because – you know, you have some being in the ground in Indiana a little bit and knowing these coaches. How do you feel like Notre Dame's, I guess, opinion have, of Porter has evolved over time from a guy that they like to a guy that they really, really like now? Yeah, I think it starts with, with Brian Polian as a guy that, that he, tar- he targeted Pol- uh, Porter really early. And I think you can very comfortably and confidently put Delvon Alexander in that mix. Those two have kind of spearheaded the the pursuit for Notre Dame. Um, and I think that Porter really grew on the rest of the staff throughout the process. This is a guy that runs extremely well. I mean, this is some top end speed. Would I go as far as saying Will Fuller type kid? No, but very close. Um, he's probably in that second level of guys that can run like him. So um, Notre Dame went out early and wanted to get guys that can run and if they, uh, you know, landing landing Porter would be absolutely big for Notre Dame because it, it checks off that box. you got a guy like Micah Jones who can kind of do everything pretty well. Maybe he's not great at anything, but he does everything, you know, solid. And then you got Kevin Austin, who is a, a game changer of sorts. Um, you know, the stuff he's doing at the high school level is, is pretty ridiculous on the offensive side of the ball. Um, he's a deep threat. He, he he does a lot of things very well. There's very few wide receivers more talented than him. And then you got Porter, who can just get out there and run, and he can take the top off the defense. And so so Notre Dame's really checking off their boxes uh, as a group of wide receivers in the 2018 class, and um, they want to land Porter. And then you know obviously if everything goes well for them, they can go out and land Amon Ross St. Brown, who. Um, is about as special as you can get at the wide receiver position. Yeah, and it's interesting going back to when – I remember when Porter took his official for the Georgia game, talking to people around Notre Dame. There was a sense of, like, just wait till he gets here and people see his senior film. They're going to like him a lot more now than maybe they did when they offered him in the wake of Braden Lindsay's decommitment back in the spring and the summer. So, Kevin, you, I think, are are probably going to end up writing on this a little bit if Notre Dame ends up getting Porter – is that the senior production, the track times really grab your attention. If you just watch senior film, you're sort of missing out on a guy that maybe has improved quite a bit from the course of his junior to his senior year. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Um, The first four games of his uh, senior season this year, 404 yards receiving on 17 catches. I believe it was just north of 23 yards per reception. Four touchdowns and a a, really nice kickoff return touchdown as well. Um, you know, so there's some people out there sort of, you know, Notre Dame's doing so well right now. Maybe they should hold out for a higher rated guy. Um, you know, I was slightly in that camp before, but you know, 
with this staff right now, I haven't seen anything to sort of, you know, make me distrust them anyway. <laughs> you know, right now they're doing so well. It's like, you know, if they want uh, Jordan Porter, uh, then so be it. It must be a good move. That's the way I look at it. And uh, I think it's if you look at the timeline of this whole recruitment, it uh, certainly um, shows us uh, why what Notre Dame was looking for in him. And that's speed. Uh, June 14th, they lost sort of their deep threat guy in Braden Lindsay. That same day, they offer Jordan Porter and Kobe Smith, two of the, uh, I guess, more kind of speedsters in the West that they um, felt that they had a chance with. Um, you know, Brian Polian sort of kicked the recruitment off, Was uh, had already been evaluating evaluating him for uh, quite some time, uh, like Tom um, just, just talked about there. And then uh, I spoke with George Porter, Jordan's father, last night. He said Delvon uh, Alexander really came on strong after that. So... Um, looks like a really good tandem effort there and a lot of athleticism in that family. Um, you know, uh, Jordan's brother plays cornerback at Washington state on scholarship and, uh, their father, he, he held the, uh, United States high school record for, uh, 300 meter intermediate hurdles for like over 20 years. So, um, definitely a lot of athleticism there and definitely a high upside guy. Yeah. Tom, I'm curious about both your opinions on this topic because, I think when the the way the season started with Brandon Wimbush, the passing game was a little all over the place, and it's gotten better lately. But it's they're not chucking the ball for 300 yards a game. When you guys are talking to these receiver prospects, whether it be Porter or Amon Ra or you know Lawrence Keys, who we'll talk a little bit later, what kind of vibe do you get about that aspect of, of Notre Dame's offense? Does winning sort of mask that? Or Tom, I, I'm just sort of curious, like what feedback you, you get from receiver prospects when it comes to the passing game and Notre Dame's offense right now? Yeah, it's actually pretty funny because um, part of when I was starting to hear some rumblings about Porter potentially ending up at Arizona State, um, and I think um, Scouts National Director of Recruiting, Brandon Huffman, was being told the same thing. And in addition, Notre Dame was being told the same thing. So when it came to that, a lot of people were talking about, and this was people close to Porter on the West Coast that I know, we're talking about how Notre Dame doesn't, doesn't pass the ball enough, which I'm not sure I've ever heard that since yeah. I've been covering Notre Dame. So they were saying that, like, you know, they're leading on the, they're leaning on the run game and Arizona State throws more and they can get you to the league and this and that. So, like I said, nothing I've ever heard surrounding the Notre Dame program or anything associated with Brian Kelly. So there was definitely some of that coming into play, but I never was told that directly from Porter. He never expressed any hesitation about the offense the passing game things like that and and we have discussed that um at Irish Illustrated about some other people feeling that way I know you know we, we had talked about Amon Ross St. Brown and he wants to go into a, a program that throws the ball a lot and can get him the ball and get him a chance to highlight himself to you know become noticed for the NFL at the next level so never got that sense from Porter um, I think that had to do with some rumblings from his camp and Trent in terms of trying to create some hype around his decision. But from all accounts, they see the upside, they see the potential uh, with Brandon Wimbush and beyond when you're, whether at Ian book or Phil Dracovic or, or even Avery Davis, which we haven't really seen much of. So I think that everybody's comfortable and confident and, and realistically, I think everybody gets that Josh Adams is really, really good at running back <laughs> and that who exceptional things in run blocking. Um, I think you kind of ride the Heisman horse. And last I checked, they're doing nothing but winning. 
Um, I think if you're a football player and you get the team aspect and, and you're not a selfish kind of guy, you get that you lean on what's working. And uh, for Notre Dame, that's running the football. Yeah, Kevin, because I think you've you've asked either Kevin Austin or Micah Jones about this directly. What, what kind of vibe did you get from those guys? Yeah, in regards to sort of, I guess you could maybe call it a slow start in the passing game, Notre Dame. Um, I think just even aside from Brandon Wimbush, uh, another big thing that's always sort of keyed in on is Notre Dame's offensive line. Um, that protection is going to be there. And then the way they've recruited all these high, high caliber offensive linemen. But I'm definitely hearing notes of, you know, these receivers are seeing the passing game coming along. And I think they're just like us as analysts, getting more of a sense of what Chip Long's doing, what his, his sort of scheme is out there. And, you know, definitely not hearing real negative notes about it. You can see it's coming along. But, of course, they're looking at who their quarterback will be in this class, Phil Dracovic. And uh, he's putting out just outstanding numbers this year. And if you watch any film on him this year, you have to be impressed if you were a receiver prospect. So um, more notes sort of in that uh, conversation outside of just how Brandon Wimbush is doing, in my opinion. Yeah, I want to spin it forward to a position where Notre Dame should have no issue selling itself offensive line. Uh, and if you've been on Irish Illustrated this week on 24-7, you've seen uh, National Recruiting Director Steve Wilfong put on a crystal ball for Nick Petit Frere from Florida, five-star offensive tackle. Tom, I know you're sort of in on the the Cade Mays recruitment there down in Tennessee. Tom, why don't you give us an update on both those in terms of maybe what led to that crystal ball for Petit Frere and then also sort of your vibe on, on Cade Mays, who's going to officially visit uh, after the season. Yeah, so with Nicholas Petit Frere, uh, Will Fong finally uh, joined my boat in, uh, in the 24-7 sports crystal ball. So both of us are are on Notre Dame right now. And this is just, I got the Notre Dame vibe initially after having a conversation with Nick and then also um, getting to know his, his coach, um, his, you know, people close to him. You just get the idea that Notre Dame is going to be a major player there. Um, a lot of people preach academics and they, they talk about how that's what they're looking for um, when picking the school. And, and a lot of the time it's not actually true. Um, you don't really get that. You know, they're, they're saying, I'm going to pick a big academic school. Well, why aren't you going to Harvard? So they huh. clearly, this kid that's really, really looking for that, it's, it's, it's huge when it comes to his decision. And his mom is, is very much involved in this, in this decision. And Notre Dame checks off every single box that they're looking for. And when they visited um, back in October, I mean, that was what, what kind of sold them on the Irish. Now, this is also a very very talented football player um in my opinion about as close as you to get um to a can't miss prospect in this class when talking about offensive linemen at the next level so um notre dame is in good standing at this point the the coaching change at florida doesn't help the gators um alabama ohio state are in play i think right now we're looking at ohio state as the biggest competition for notre dame um, and now it's also going to depend on who Florida hires and the direction they go. And if there's a prior um, relationship between, between Petit Freer and that coach. So right now there's a lot of stability around Notre Dame. Um, there's, you know, they have a great academic reputation, Brian Kelly, Harry, he stands chick long, um, even Autry Dempsey, they're, Denson, they're all pushing the right buttons at this point. And uh, it's honestly hard to see the Under Armour All-American pick another school at this point. Um, and then with Cade Mays, this is another 24-7 sports composite five-star offensive lineman looking at Notre Dame. And 
Uh, we reported that he will be, we've been saying this for a while, that he'll be on campus um, in December, likely for the uh, the Echoes, the annual football awards banquet. And, you know, I think Notre Dame's trailing at this point, which makes sense. He's never been on campus, but he's publicly still committed to Tennessee. Um, I'm told he decommitted a few weeks ago and is already looking around. Um, I don't have a, a pick in at this point, but my crystal ball right now would be would be on Clemson. I think he had a really good visit there, and and um, that's probably the team to beat right now. He grew up loving Tennessee, around the program, legacy. He, you know, he was a volunteer's lock for such a long time, but now it seems like he's probably going to end up elsewhere. So you're watching Notre Dame, Georgia, and Clemson, and it's really just going to come down to visits, relationships. And I think Notre Dame at this point, although they trail, in my opinion, Clemson, they got as good a shot as any. And Chip Long has a tremendous relationship with the kid, the family, and people in uh, Mays' corner. So it's right now it's um, not a bad spot to be in if you're Notre Dame. Yeah, Chip Long uh-huh. definitely has sort of like a Southern boy vibe about him. As you know, you and I know him a little bit. Uh, Cade Mays definitely has that a similar vibe, it, it, it seems. So. Let's spin it forward to the five guys segment. Kevin, I'll let you lead this off. Um, you know, if you're listening to the podcast for the first time, there's just sort of five individuals we want to pick out in quick hitting fashion, uh, whose recruitments may have taken a turn this week for against Notre Dame, but it, it's something that you need to be aware of. So Kevin, why don't you lead us off this week? Sure. A guy I spent a lot of time on, um, this whole cycle, really Lawrence keys, uh, wide receiver, four-star wide receiver, number 225 overall comp in the composite rankings out of new Orleans, Louisiana, McDonough, 35 high school. Um, a fit like a, a guy with North of 30, off, 30 offers, um, announced the top six of Notre Dame, Auburn, Houston, LSU, Nebraska, and TCU. Um, this is a guy Notre Dame really wants. Um, I spoke with him recently, uh, he's, he said that he sort of narrowed his list down to Houston, LSU, and Notre Dame. Those are the only three he's uh, seriously taking a look at now. Um, a l- just a little bit about his recruitment, both Chip Long and Delvon, Exal- Delvon Alexander took trips to his high school in the spring, separate trips, um, have really made him a priority. Chip Long has built a really good relationship with him. They're in touch every day. Um, Keys is going to be visiting now on November 18th for the Navy game. That weekend's uh, starting to build up to be a, a pretty good recruiting weekend for, for Notre Dame. Um, I think that, you know, and I believe Tom was talking about this in our message board either today or maybe last night, um, and I, am, I fully agree. If Lawrence Keys' academics line up and the visit goes well, which I think it will, I think Notre Dame will land Lawrence Keys. Now, of course, um, you know, he's not going to be announcing until National Signing Day. Obviously, Amon Ross St. Brown's the, the guy that he definitely wants, uh, maybe to close up their class if they were to get Jordan Porter today, their wide receiver class, that is. Um, you know, if, if, you know if, if Amon Ross St. Brown ends up going to USC, I'm sure they'll go all in on Lawrence Keys. Um, the timing is, you know, important to take a look at here because he's not announcing until February 1st. Um, but he, when you hear sort of dangerous in space, this is that kind of guy. Slot receiver prospect, you get on jet sweeps, pop passes, screen passes, um, you know, and also a really, really uh, dangerous vertical threat. Uh, I definitely really like Lawrence Keyes, and I know Notre Dame does as well. So uh, definitely keep your eye on him. I spoke with his mother uh, just yesterday. She's really excited about the visit, and she's definitely really keen on academics, which bodes well for Notre Dame. Yeah, Tom, from 
Keys, a guy who's going to visit later this month, to a guy who visited just last weekend. Uh, who's the first guy you really want to highlight this week? I'm probably leaning towards Alante Taylor, um, a four-star cornerback out of uh, currently committed to the University of Tennessee. Um, again, this is another one like Cade Mays that that I see behind the scenes things are a little bit more open than they're suggesting. Um, absolutely loved his visit on campus. Notre Dame's pushing all the right buttons there, and I think the biggest key for Notre Dame is. Uh, I guess the relationship that he got to build with the players on the team. Um, I was told that when he was visiting Tennessee, there was a lot of negativity around the program and a lot of the players were expressing um, that they weren't exactly the happiest with how things were going, both with, both on the field, off the field and within that program. So when he comes to Notre Dame and he sees how everyone's getting along and the coaching staff is um, such a close group and the players are, they have such a bond or, you know, Taylor told me it felt like a brotherhood. So you get him around this program, you get the positivity going. Um, there's a lot to like about Notre Dame right now, and he left feeling all of it. So I really think that Taylor is leaning towards Notre Dame right now. I feel really good about that in terms of the guys I've talked to, um, my conversations with Taylor himself, and those around his recruitment. So I think Notre Dame is probably the odds-on favorite right now to flip him from Tennessee. But you definitely got to watch a few schools. Um, Georgia's in the mix. Tennessee's in the mix. Um, Ohio State offered, and then he had a conversation with Urban Meyer, and then he quit, which was all positive from what I gather. But then he quickly canceled his visit to Columbus. It'll be interesting to see if Ohio State can get back in the mix. But it's just something to watch. We'll see how things go. And, and even Taylor didn't rule out a return trip to South Bend with some with some family. So obviously, I think that would be enough to seal the deal. But but right now. Um, I really like Notre Dame's chances for Taylor. And then, Kevin, back to you, a corner that you actually wrote about today after talking to him, I think, on Tuesday night, uh, Joseph Wilkins out of Florida. Yeah, yeah, and we just got a, a feature article on him up on our front page. Uh, be sure to check that out. Uh, yeah, so South, uh, South Florida kid, uh, Joseph Wilkins Jr., three-star prospect um, out of North Fort Myers. Um he released the top six uh, about a month ago, um, Iowa State, Kentucky, Notre Dame, North Carolina State, Michigan State, and South Florida. Uh, six foot two, 180, 185 pounds, a really ideal frame. And uh, myself personally, I'm actually really high on Joe, Joe Wilkins Jr. He's has some really nice natural athleticism and um, really sort of good burst, uh, really good um, acceleration. A kid who's, who's sort of, um, you know, his background is mostly at the wide receiver position he's just sort of still learning cornerback was always really you know in, intrigued and, and pumped about the fact that Todd Light offered him a former you know NFL all-pro cornerback thinks that he can play cornerback at Notre Dame and that's always been big for him um, obviously though with the way things have developed lately all of a sudden Notre Dame uh, you know a, a, a program that seemed like they're really struggling at cornerback for so long all of a sudden it seems like they're gonna you know probably be in a situation where they're turning away cornerbacks because you have all these guys, uh, you know, Kyler Gordon, Julius Irvin, and Alante Taylor, like, like Tom was just speaking about, Tariq Bracey, um, you know, Noah Boykin, all these guys. So um, this weekend uh, he's visiting Notre Dame. I spoke with him and he, he said, you know, he's uh, wanting to major in medicine and he's, the thing he's looking forward to most is talking to the academic advisor uh, with his mom and aunt uh, on hand. 
Uh, he's basically told me that if it goes well enough, he could see himself pulling the trigger. And now in that situation, I, I got to think Notre Dame would want to wait on there a little bit, see kind of how things develop. But thing with Wilkins, you know, I've spoken with him quite a few times. You know, I spoke with him last night. Super mature kid, uh, really well-spoken, a really likable kid. One of those things where it's it's possible that, you know, Notre Dame likes him enough to, to take him. I, I wouldn't be shocked if that happened, but I'd certainly be surprised. So worth keeping on him this weekend. Uh, good football player. Yeah, Tom, kicking it back to you, the other corner who visited last weekend that might tie into how Notre Dame feels about Joseph Wilkins this weekend when he comes up for a visit. Yeah, I mean, with, with Wilkins real quick, I mean, I think Notre Dame at this point just wants to kind of get a feel for him this weekend. And if that goes well, I could see them pushing. But right now, that's kind of they're taking a kind of a wait-and-see approach. And I know Mike Elk was big on that. He really wants to make sure that the kids love football. And with that, Noah Boykin, the kid you were referencing before, he came up this weekend, and Notre Dame loved what they saw. This is a kid that, um, you know, you could consider a dog on the field, super confident in his abilities, good length, good size. I mean, he fits exactly what Notre Dame is looking for. And, you know, he came up with his mom. He was host, hosted by freshman defensive end Kofi Wardlow, who actually flipped from Maryland last cycle. Well, unless you've been living under a rock, you know that Boykin committed to Maryland as well. So they had that conversation about that, uh, you know, decision to go from Maryland to Notre Dame. And, and I will say that Boykin went to the trip calling Maryland home. That's where he that's where he's from. He wants to put on for a city, all that kind of stuff. But Wardlow opened his eyes, no doubt about that. I, I believe that, that Wardlow made an impact during their conversations. They knew each other heading into the trip, but these aren't guys that are just friends from home. So they will be friends moving forward, which I thought uh, was, was pretty impressive. I also know the head coach, Brian Kelly, left a strong message. You know, obviously the 4 for 40 pitch, but he also kind of compared and contrasted what Notre Dame can do for him compared to Maryland. Um, and I think that Todd Light is doing a good job here as well. He made an impact. Um, when, when they first extended the offer, Mike Elko made it very clear that he's a wanted man in South Bend. So I think they're doing a really good job at this point. Um, I'm sure Notre Dame would have loved to have him flip when he was on campus. But in this day and age, it's so rare. Um, things they, Everybody wants their moment. So I think Notre Dame did enough to at least make an impact and potentially flip him. I feel better right now with Taylor. But there, there's no reason to think that if things continue to go well on the field with Notre Dame, um, that off the field, they made such a strong impression during the visit with him and his mother that, you know, you got to, an eventual flip at some point from Boykin wouldn't come a big shot. Yeah, and Kevin, will you, will you can wrap it up on the five guys segment with a, a guy that would represent a flip, uh, somebody that Notre Dame has been on for a long time and somebody that Elko and Clark Lee from their time at Wake Forest are pretty familiar with. Yeah, so four-star uh, outside linebacker Peyton Wilson out of Hillsboro, North Carolina, Orange High School. Uh, great size at 6'4", 225, was an opening finalist. Uh, he's rated right in the top 100 in both composite and 247. 68 overall composite and 49 overall in 247 rankings. Um, you know, 26 offers, all the big boy offers, Alabama, Auburn, Clemson, Florida State, Georgia, Ohio State. Uh, of course, he's committed to North Carolina uh, right now. Uh, but visiting Notre Dame on uh, November 18th, the Navy game, uh, something definitely worth noting. Very recently, I tore his ACL. So, of course, uh, that's something to, you know, sort of keep an eye on, of course. But, um, you know, I, I, I did a little bit of digging on this uh, recently, um, just sort of 
you know, speak people who know Peyton Wilson well. Um, I was basically sort of told that, you know, if he leaves his uh, commitment from or his commitment with uh, North Carolina, um, he's kind of a kid who would more very, very likely stay close to home, which would be either North Carolina State or Virginia Tech. I did see an analyst uh, crystal ball him to North Carolina State yesterday. Um, but of course, he's visiting Notre Dame, uh, you know, arguably, arguably you know, the hottest defense in the country right now. And of course, he's a linebacker, and they can sell early playing time to him with Niles uh, Niles Morgan and Greer Martini running out the door after this year. Uh, you got to think that there's going to be some strong angles that the, the staff can, can sort of work on him. And you know, if you're a big Notre Dame fan, you have to like the sort of future idea of a possibility of you know Jack Lamb at Mike and Peyton Wilson at Buck and Shane Simon at Rover. I mean, that would be outstanding. And maybe another angle they'll sort of work with him. So, um, but right now, you know, what I'm hearing is more of a him sticking towards uh, the East Coast there at North Carolina or in that area. But uh, of course, he's visiting Notre Dame and worth keeping an eye on. And Tom, this is a guy that we both saw over the summer at, at the opening. I didn't pay a ton of attention to him other than I think when they did that chase down drill at the in the nighttime skills competition, he was like really one of the most impressive guys. Did you get much of a, a, a read on him when we were out at Nike this summer? I guess in, in terms of his recruitment, uh, I always felt like North, North Carolina was going to be a team for that kid. And, um, you know, obviously, you know, I used to cover North Carolina. So when I would talk to some people down there, they felt really good about eventually landing him and keeping him and getting him signed come February. But let's be honest, nobody around that program expected to have the season they're having. So for Wilson to, to open it up and eventually decommit from the Tar Heels, it wouldn't come as a big shock. Um, I think Notre Dame fits in again, what he's looking for in school. But like Kevin said, I mean, nothing, everything I'm hearing is that it'll probably be, um, he, he'll probably end up local, um, down in the South and it'll probably be, uh, you know, barring a game changer visit to Notre Dame and just an eye opening. Wow. I can't leave this place, you know, without knowing I'm coming back here as a player. Um, I expect North Carolina, NC state and, and Clemson to be in play as well. Um, mm. and then also just when you look, when you look at the injury, I mean, that, that, that comes into play when guys are making decisions, you know, sometimes that's going to benefit Notre Dame where a kid gets hurt and he realizes you know, for the first time in his life, like, wow, I need to really make a decision that's not completely 100% football related because football's not forever. And, and, you know, what if I, you know, this, this isn't my last injury. So the, there's a lot of factors in play here. Um, right now I'm actually leaning towards him ending up at North Carolina state. Uh, it just, um, Adam Rowe, our Duke writer, uh, he put a crystal ball in earlier this week re- regarding that. And I, it wouldn't surprise me because there was some smoke before that, um, but he really does love North Carolina, and it's going to be very difficult to flip him. Um, but I do think that Mike Elko, uh, Clark Lee, those guys, there's a prior relationship back from when they were at Wake Forest. They're doing all they can to at least get him on campus and, and go from there. So it'll be something to watch, that's for sure. Yeah, it's interesting. You can never have too many targets on the board. And it's, it's interesting sort of going back and forth with you know people around Notre Dame. I, I do think this is going to be one of those instances where they – they're going to have to make some tough decisions down the stretch if Notre Dame keeps winning. Uh, if they go 11-1 and one and they're in the playoff, they you can mark it down. They'll be turning guys down that they never thought they would in August. But that's a it's a good place for Notre Dame recruiting to be. It's a good place for the program to be overall. And it's a good place for our podcast to wrap up. So we'll be back next week. Kevin Sinclair, Tom Lloyd, Pete Sampson with Irish Illustrated Insider Recruiting Extra. Until then, thanks for listening.